Pyrex Gang. Hey guys, what's up? Well, I am just coming out of Scream 5 or Scream 2022, the fifth installment. I drove about 45 minutes to see it in Thousand Oaks. Thank you, Alyssa, because uh, those fucking theaters are beautiful and you can recline and they've bought warmers and it's a huge screen and it's a movie. I haven't been to a movie in two years, so obviously what the perfect movie to come back on. So uh, this is going to be... Not a review because I'm not a reviewer. This is just my first, this is my reaction. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want it to leave my brain. You know, things dissipate if you talk about them. So I was with my friend and we were trying to, I was like, don't talk, bro. And I drive 45 minutes not to talk. Where to begin? I just have so many feelings about it. I just, I just want to take my moment to, to, to jump in here because it's, it's been almost 12 years since the last one. My first reaction to the new Scream is, it is fantastic. It is wow. Like, these guys just took this movie and just made it Fast and the Furious. It's going to go on for another five movies it's gonna it's snl and i mean this in not in a comedy way meaning like a revolve new generations can get involved like there's so much to say and i'm gonna hopefully i don't forget anything so what did i know about this movie going in well i knew more than you think i knew but i didn't know as much as you thought i knew and i was with skeet and matthew over july 4th and we were in a con in phoenix and then we're all hanging out we did an escape room together. I got in trouble. That's a long story. And we were waiting in the escape room. And our we all have the same agent. And uh, my agent goes, so are you in the movie or what? And I go, what? I go, I'm dead. Like, I'm dead. I didn't tell anybody. He's like, come on, bro. Matt's like, you didn't get the call? And I'm like, what call did you get? He's like, you know the call? And I'm like, I might have got a call, but I don't want to know what your call was. He's like, okay, well, but there might have been a call. And I was like, yeah. And Skeet's like, yeah, you want me to tell you what happens? And I go, no. And he goes, well, and then somebody said, de-aging. And I went, shut up. Shut up. Don't tell me anymore. And Skeet's like, okay, I won't. I won't. I won't. Like, so Skeet, Matthew didn't tell me anything. He started to, and then he stopped. And Skeet told me something about the de-aging. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was good because he took me on a, on a, on a wrong turn. Because he's like, we're all de-aging and then high school and then we find out this. And I was like, whoa, we're going back to high school? Like reenactments? What's going on here? So I knew nothing other than what I was going to do. And I only knew what Skeet kind of told me. And I was like, please don't tell me more, Skeet. And he didn't. Because you got to remember, I've been dead since the 90s. Stop it. Don't say any career jokes. Um, And Skeet died before me. But so I'm like, if they're... If they're bringing Skeet back, like, what, what's all this stuff that's going to happen, right? So, that's what I went in, and that's the only thing I knew. It's just done, like, perfectly. I don't know if you could execute it any better. It's, first of all, the opening scene is awesome. It's, it, Jenna Ortega, she's such a good actress. 
And I'm so happy to hear Roger's voice. I love you, Roger. And Roger said, bam, it's like 1996, right? It doesn't feel like 25 years, right? Tell me if I'm crazy. And boom. So right away, what are these guys? There's going to be a ton of spoilers in this. So don't watch this if you haven't seen the movie. Right away, there's an homage. I don't think it was Casey's house. Maybe it was. I think it was a different house, but it had a very obviously a similar vibe. And of course, it's just so perfectly today. There's so many levels to it that I'll try to try to keep it. I'll try to keep my brain intact so I can, you know, unpack each thing. But like the fuck with the fucking landline is hilarious. And you're wondering because I don't have landline. So I didn't want to. I've got rid of those five years ago and I thought that was too late. So I think people still have landlines. And obviously there's the landlines calling and she's commenting, texting to the girl. Some creeps calling on the landline. The mom is gone. Uh, And then all of that like technology reference and then the shit with today. I was just I just loved it. I just love I loved it. That's the first thing I'm going to say about this movie is it's, it's, it's so meta on meta on meta on meta, but it is never, ever heavy handed. It's a natural thing like, and that is insanely hard to do. So you can see that Matt and Tyler, the directors, 100% made this movie from their love of the movies. You can just feel their love and their fandom, which I'll talk about. They are completely fans. And the movie is full of love, respect, homage, Easter eggs, lineage, generational characters, new timeline characters, nuance, ton of nuance. A lot of little sneaky Easter eggs. And it never, ever, ever feels, it never goes off the off course. Like, it all works. Kind of like, like the, and they talk about it in the movie. It's, it's so fucking true. Like, the movie is a low-key documentary because it's the way you can, only, only way you can make this movie is how they made it. The only way they, do you, do you talk about it is them, what they're talking about, like, and I was going to say, it's kind of like what J.J. Abrams did when the first Star Wars came back. It's exactly that vibe. Like, you felt like, yo, is this Star Wars? Is this a fan film? No, it's a movie for the new generation of Star Wars with the, with, with the, with the, uh, what was the term they use in it? I don't want to say the generational character or the first, first OG characters. Never saying, here you go, kid, with the baton, but passing it naturally but homage and and things that worked in the first movie work and the new but then with a new twist and that's exactly what this was um so i thought the kitchen scene was awesome i thought that she was i thought jenna was dead because she was pretty brutal in that scene i love the fact that she lived and there's a lot of hidden messages in that how she lived why she lived i think because that's like a low-key message of like women aren't victims anymore like they can survive. I know that may sound crazy to you, but that that could be in there. Like there's like a subliminal message. And then they go to the next scene with everybody on the fountain talking about the murders. A la like it's like scream was, but in a different timeline, in a 
one universe over. So there's similarities, but completely unique. And that's what's great about it. That's what's fucking great about it. I could tell you so many things I noticed. Like, everyone's sitting around having that banter. That was like us in the fountain. And all the characters are represented. And all of the... Everybody is represented. It's a very multicultural movie, which is great. And that just kind of washes over you naturally. You don't think... It's a very today movie. Like, I would go, okay, that's 2022. It's very natural. And the people are talking... But there's little things of like, there's traces of Rose's character and the black haired girl's character, the like kind of hipster uh, black haired girl character. And then if you look at Wes Hicks, his hair is a little blonde on top. And I just feel like they put a little, even though he wasn't anything like Stu Mocker or Matthew's character, I felt like there was a little homage to Matthew in there. The creepy guy that was stalking them for no reason, that character, had a little Skeet vibe. Obviously, you know, Skeet wasn't a creep, but he was like, you know, the wild, sexy loner. That's what that guy was, you know. Even though it's a totally different character, there was homage. Obviously, and we'll get to it, there's characters that are an homage to me. But what's crazy, or Randy, excuse me, what's crazy is, is... Is is uh, Randy is all over this movie more than than you think, and I'll get to that. So it just it just goes, and and then you see Jack Quaid's character. That that for first of all, the movie is so well acted, like really well acted from Nev on down. Everybody's character was different totally real totally believable and like there's just like jack quaid is a really good actor like you gotta watch the show vinyl that's where i first started seeing him he's just really really good there's a lot of a lot of undertones with that dude um i did a movie years ago with his uncle randy and his aunt evians um i love him uh we do our weekly woods meetings that's why i grow this beard i'm kidding so I didn't know what to expect, but I'm just a really big fan of these filmmakers, Matt and Tyler. Um, they're just, they're f- Ready or Not was a great, great, great movie. And anyone that had the tone of a scream was that movie. So th- well, this movie has so many levels to it. Like, it's clever, it's scary, it's gory, it's funny, it's nostalgic, it's super meta, completely natural. You know what this movie has more than any of the screams that I can think of? It is the whodunit. Like, I really, maybe because I was in the other ones, except four. And I remember that I literally liked, I don't remember too much of four. I really liked the opening characters, how they got killed. I thought it was a very good movie. I liked, I liked Scream 4. But again, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be, you know, biased. This movie has, it just has so many levels. And I was, I was... I guess because I was in those movies, so I didn't know. I did. I do remember in Scream Four sitting in there going, "Who's the fucking killer?" And there was like two. They put like two characters together. I remember to like be me or the voice of me or, or the voice of Randy. And I thought, okay, that's there. I understand what they're doing. And then, and then I was like, and then I'm like, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts is the killer. What? Like it? It? it you know? It? It? It was like the butler did it. You know, kind of like when Laurie. Uh, and Scream 2 was like, what, uh, Timmy, uh, his mother, watch Stu's mother. Oh, 
The chef did it. Like, that's what Scream has, but in a natural way. You know, so... I remember, remember going, oh, fuck, okay, that's, that, that, that's pretty interesting. Emma Roberts was a killer, it makes sense, it tracks, you know. And, um, and this one, I was, and it's been like 12 years. So, this one, I was like, who? They really played up the, well, you went to the basement, why didn't you go by yourself? Okay, well, wait a minute, where's your boyfriend? He's in the bush. Why is blood on your hand? What? Oh, he's over here. Hold on, who killed who? This person got stabbed, and this person came in, and this person, where were you at? So it's really like, I I was, I had no fucking idea. And it's funny, because they played it really well, because the characters ended up being killed. I kind of suspected Jack Quaid, but he didn't overdo his, like, puppy dog hand of, like, being sweet. Like, I I believed him. I could have went more him not, so that was a good fake out. The chick was a total red herring. Like, I had no idea. And she was so quiet. So it was kind of brilliant on their part to kind of, boom, hold her back. And then, here you go, girl. And she went crazy. Um, Oh, before I forget, the kills in this movie are really, really creative. And, ooh, like, I was like, oh, oh, like, I'm going to ruin it for you. Uh, Big characters go down, but... The one kill with the knife in the neck, I literally, you can hear me in the theater, and people turned around, I was like, that's really good. In and out, that wasn't CGI, that looked like a practical effect of the thing going in. Beautiful makeup job, and coming all the way out, like, and him. Ghostface was getting a, it was weird, it was low-key orgasmic, like, this was the, the first time, like, there was a, a lot, you could feel like a love from Ghostface, when he was enjoying it, but not in a sadistic way, just like. It'll all be over soon. Like that, it's like almost like you have to do. And which is weird is, is Ghostface is so iconic now. And they talk about how the other movies don't have like a, a you know a Jason or a Freddy or a Pinhead or whatever. And Ghostface obviously is that now. It's weird because you look at him, he's inviting, or she's inviting, or they're inviting, right? Like go, it's like, and it's not goofy, but it's. It's inviting. And then he kills you. But it wasn't overly gory, which I like. It wasn't like a like a gore porn. But it was a nice amount of throwback. That's what this movie's about. Here's my feeling. You got all of these natural occurrences and the setups and stuff. And then the movie starts executing itself. And what it does so well is... It takes, oh, legacy characters, legacy characters. That's what I want to say. And it brings them in completely naturally. The, the, I won't say everything, but that's, they're in, they're reluctantly in the movie. And like why this movie works so well, because it's meta, meaning it's meta within the movie. It's, it's meta. It's like, there's so many levels to the meta. Let me explain it to you. Let me try to break it down. It's meta because it mirrors what's going on in the movie. So it's self-referential. Then it's meta because it's next generation referring to the older generation and also which happens to be the prior movies. And then how that would affect this one if it were a movie. It's meta because it uses Stab, which is a fictional characterization of Scream, which not Scream the movie, but the actual events that happened in the movie, which you watched the Scream, but in the movie, the characters watched and then called that Stab. We watched a fictional movie starring actors, 
for Hollywood, the characters live that same movie, talk about it in a place called Woodsboro, which I don't think exists, but it's all in Northern California. The fact that she was from Modesto was great. It was like totally, I don't know why, it just felt very real for me for that. And that we were up all up there. So it's meta on that. And then it's meta, it's, it's meta because it tracks what's going on in the character's life on screen, which also tracks what is kind of going on in the actors who portray the character's life. Like, super fucking meta. They say the best casting is casting someone's essence, right? Like, like, um, like, okay, I'll just use myself. Like, why do people like me so much in this role? And I was thinking about it the other day. Like, you know, I got lucky. It's amazing writing, amazing directing, you know. We all gel, lightning in a bottle. And also it's kind of like there there were other actors that you know that were up for this role. They may have been amazing at it. But Randy is this paranoid, crazy, movie-crazed mind who is like, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on, man? What the fuck? That's how I interpret it. That's how it was on the page for me. It's like, no, you got to watch this because prom night will save you time. And blah, blah, blah. There's a four me fucking to it. Okay. Like, Jesus Christ, are you fucking all dumb. That's how I am. I'm a paranoid at times skittish thinking someone's going to rob me on the subway guy. That's a, a Philadelphia suburbs growing up cold in a big family near the inner city seeing petty crimes thing like what what's up who's up what doing look at this fucking guy that's me that's and also i was a you know i'm a huge fan of quentin tarantino and at the time he was just uh was just exploding with reservoir dogs and pulp fiction and and jackie brown around this time and you know, he was making so many amazing movies so differently. And he also worked at a video store. And I and I started studying, reading a lot about his history. And I started reading a lot about video stores. And I was in a Blockbuster commercial. And a lot of video store, like, employees that are really there, not the Blockbuster ones, but the mom and pops are real cinephiles. So the fact that Quentin became who he is is because he really did. He worked where he loved, you know? So he's a cinephile. It's like people that, it's like Joe works in the library, you know, for the movie, the show you, he loves books. He kills people, but he loves books. And so that's, that's one of my, a lot of my inspiration for Randy was natural. And also looking at different directors and cinephiles, Randy would have become, in my opinion, a writer of, you know, wanted to direct, oh, you're fucking up, fucking it up. You know, it's it, James Gunn, Kevin Smith, you know, people, David O. Russell, the, the guys that I grew up with that I worked with or knew, those type of personalities that know exactly what they want and are fucking doing 16 things at once. People don't, they're 10 steps ahead of everyone, but they love what they do. Baz, you know, Wes. Wes is more reserved, though. He's a tactician for Wes. And uh, so, that so like, I want to stay on this because, like, the legacy characters are reluctantly in the movie. And I'm not saying that uh, Nev and Courtney and David reluctantly wanted to be in this movie, but they have done it a lot. And I don't know, but I'm a little bit aware that like when Wes passed away, God rest his soul, that everyone's like, how can you do another scream? You know, everybody asked that the dead characters and the live ones. And you know, these directors, 
are amazing and obviously just show that the franchise can go on. Like I can almost cry like how good it is because of what they did. There's such respect that they put in this movie. Chef's Kiss, you know? And he, they had to gain the trust of, you know, the legacy characters and actors. And they did. And they came back to the movie. Um, So that was like a hint of what's going on in real life, you know? So Courtney came back and, and Nev came back, you know? And David came back. The big three. Like I always say, it's like, you know, the Miami Heat in 2010. It's the big three. When Courtney and David see each other, like... Dewey and Gale, those guys fell in love on screen. You look at them on screen and you see their pain. They, they're divorced now in real life. They have a child together. I felt that. I don't know if Dewey and Gale have a child together, but I felt that. When when Courtney was like, you left. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like, who divorced who there? Like, I didn't remember, but like, there was real pain in their eyes because the characters have a lot of what's going on in their real life. You know, when Nev was walking her babies on a, on a run, that's like, you know, I know she's a really devoted mother, you know? And I felt like that when she says, well, I have kids now. And like, I felt like that's what Nev would say. Like, so it's like really like, there's just these beautiful sprinklings, you know, of, of reality of like the, the directors and the writers, they, they took where the legacy is at now and weaved it in. It just naturally played. And then the new characters was just a little, just a, a little bit for everyone. You know, it's fucking crazy because, and I'm going to do another video about working on the movie, but uh, Heather Maserato's, there's, there's so many sprinklings of characters of yesteryear that come in perfectly and um you know skeet's uh de-aging and flashbacks are fucking awesome and it works it's so good um then skeet on the tv is so good and heather mozzarella when she comes in with the tea like that's my sister like she kind of looks like one of my sisters in real life you know um obviously so there's like so many people in the movie without being like Marley Shelton back in the movie. It's awesome, you know? A little older, a little wiser. Um Skeet's in the movie through flash through visions. That's what I would say, not flashbacks, like visions. And I'm I'm in the movie through pictures and, and a thing and a whole shrine. I mean, that's like I'm gonna do a separate video about it, but like my presence is felt like it's in the scene. Like they framed it. So the characters are talking about like things I would talk about with my face in the background. So it was like being blessed by Randy, you know, which is incredible. Like I'm so humbled by that. Um, and that's going to be a separate video. I don't feel like there, there's so many people in the movie without being in the movie. The girl with the black hair who ends up being the killer when she goes to the basement. And she strikes the same pose as Rose does. That's be, Rose was in the movie for me. Like that's an iconic image. Obviously, my nephew and my niece, the twins, Heather's kids. You know, they have these speeches. Here's what's great: Randy's in the movie, but Randy's really in the movie. Like I'm not trying to ask my own D. I'm not trying to ask Randy, but it's crazy how much these guys put me in and I and I appreciate it and I saw everything you did because the whole shrine was incredible and then this 
David did the speeches. Now, different, but it was the rule of three. So, obviously, it's reminiscent of Randy. And my niece, incredible. She was so good. I know what I love about her character is that she is, uh, she's so fluid. You know, like, you could, she could do many. It's hard to put her in a box. Like, I want to see her do more things, you know. And she was saying, like, it was a 2020 2022 Randy and then she had all those tests in the basements and then this was a test over here and then at one point was she hitting on the girl or was she quizzing her or was she trying to murder her and I'm like I don't think she was gonna be a murderer because she's of my lineage I'm not a murderer you know she's of Randy's lineage Randy is not a murderer that's a whole other video people want him to come back to be the mastermind I don't think he can though I don't think he can I think people love Randy because Randy is the last great hope of how to survive this shit that's it. He can't, he can't have badness in his body. But I will have a comment about something like that. How this, how these guys really fucked me up. Because in a good way. There, like, there's so many different characters giving speeches and then commenting on meta. And that's all, that's all Randy, man. That's his department. Like, he comments, I still don't know what a requel is. I have to look it up. I just went right to the microphone and started talking. Because I didn't know what the fuck, but it made total sense. It's like a... It's not a sequel, but it's like a re, a requel, like a, a redo. It's like a re, a requel is like a sequel that's not, but a reimagining of a sequel. It's kind of what this movie is. It makes total sense. It's like paying homage to the original, sprinkling in things from the original, but making it your own. It's like events inspired by, connected to, but their own events. That's what I think a requel is. I didn't even look it up yet. But like... An example is my niece, the the girl on the couch, and then she's watching me, but she's not. She's watching Randy, but she's watching the stab. Randy. Who is the stab Randy? By the way, that was like a fucking. It was like a porn porn version of me. Can I say that? I gotta look that up. And then she's like, "Look behind you." He's saying that's really fucked up. That fucked my brain up because he's saying it in the movie Stab. Look behind you, and he's like me, but not me. And she kind of looks like me in the sense of how she's dressed and stuff. And then she's saying it to him, who's doing Randy. And then it's happening. So it was, a, it was an homage to Jamie Lee Curtis, but in the same house. But again, the new... It's so brilliant. Like, it's like looking in those mirrors and then seeing the next mirror and the next mirror. So I was like, well, it was a mind bender on that. And then, like, Jack's like, be right back. He's like, uh, you see? Yeah? Who? Like, that was really, there's a lot of subtleties in the movie. Like, I straight up fucking fanned out. I was like a fan. That, and then his, all his speeches at the end, it was crazy. Because Courtney pointing the gun, doing the shoot. That was an homage to 96. Then the new girl coming up. Courtney, like, passed the torch. And then the girl said, how's that torch? Nev said perfectly. Great joke. It's funny because Nev's character was, like, just over it. She was just like. Okay, here we go again. And I totally believed it. Like, y you can even become a, um, numb to murder. And you believe it. You believe that woman's like, I can't anymore. Like, I just fucking, just let me show you how to fucking get through this. Jack Quaid's speeches. Like, I felt the first scream in the kitchen. There was speeches. I don't know. I had to watch it again. I haven't seen them in so long. I only see little clips that people put online all the time and they tag me. I haven't sat down and watched Scream forever. I felt like it was probably more gory. And I felt like it was gory in the kitchen. In this one, not bad, though. It was it was like intellectual. But yet, this, 
there was a lot of good speeches in Scream, and this had the same thing of commenting on itself and commenting on itself. And then it's for the fandom. The fandom, which is so insane. Leap. It's so good. Like, like people, fucking fans are going to fucking just, that's, the directors are, are that. Like, they are literally fans, and they're like, they're fans with a lot of talent. And they're like, let's fucking, how would we do this? And what do we do? And they were given the keys to the Ferrari and they, they made it a Maybach. Long story short is that they had all these great speeches and it just made sense. And then there was homage of old characters doing and then passing it on to the new character. And there were shots of like this and the door. And when Nev comes in and then that pole and then the door there, when they were running out, that was me. And then the, it was Randy and then the black haired girl. Who is awesome. I got to get all the names. I'm so sorry, guys. Don't be mad. I just came out of the fucking theater. But she then was like faking it. And then like, no. And I was like, no, it's him. And it's him. And then no. And he was like, no, Sid, don't you believe him? That was Matthew. And then, but then she was like kind of both. She's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, oh, fuck up. And then she like blew her cover. Like, so there's so many levels to it. And I felt like that girl, when she was revealed as the killer. Wait, why did it then? Why was she, when she was on fire, I felt like that was a Matthew type of death and it was awesome. Her death was fantastic. But here's another thing. When she says, I, I was radicalized. Like there's, <laughs> let me explain. I got to remember all this stuff, man. Is that that girl was so believable too. I'm telling you, there's not a, there wasn't a, every performance was so good. Like they really should get nominated for an act, like a cast award. Because that girl was like all quiet and I don't know. She was like all mad. So, but not over the top. No one, no one gave their hand away. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what's like, who's this chick? You know, a little, who's she? She's a little creepy, a little Wednesday Adams. What's going on? But I didn't think anything of it. Right. I thought like maybe Jack Wade, but I thought like for a while I thought it was Jenna Ortega. Cause she had a look in her eyes and she's like, you left for five years, never again. Yeah. Obviously maybe they did that to fuck me up and other people. Then I thought, well, the skeet, oh, I'll tell you about the other stuff in a minute. That skeet reverse, reverse. And then it was like fucking trigonometry, man. But I was on board with all of it. And then the character of the chick with, who became the killer. Can I say chick? It's 2022. Um, is that she was so good because she was like, you have to look at her performance. Very, like, low-key and then protective and then mad at the other girl for, like, getting in this girl's life again. And then she becomes an absolute psycho and a joyous psycho. And then when Courtney and Nev are like, fuck you, you freak. You're gonna, we're going to fuck you up. She's like, no, 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 no. I was radicalized, which is so funny. <laughs> Yo, you don't even know how good that is because because that's a fucking 2022 woke Berkeley term. Like, you know, if you like, if I, if I grow, I have this beard. Like, people call me, he's radicalized. He's a January 6th type. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, and so I was like reacting to that so much and relating to that. That's why I think it's like, why is it so big right now? And, I, and I'll end it on this. Because the first scream was like nothing like it. So obviously, boom, it became this thing. And people had to understand what it was. And each week, we chugged them, got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like by eighth week, we made $10 million. And we started at six. Like that's bizarre. Like no one, movies don't go up. So then we started this thing. And then Scream 2 was like, what is this phenomenon? And then it was like commenting on how can a sequel? 
and then Scream 3 did well, came out at a different time slot, and then, you know, could have been a little bit of, like, franchise fatigue. Um, and then they, 10 or 11 years later, re-upped it, put some new people in it. I liked Scream 4. I don't know how much it made. I don't think it made as much as stuff. And then it was dormant for a while. And then Scream 5 has just been brewing for two years. And they don't call it Scream 5. They call it Scream. So it's like, this is this, is this generation's Scream. And it's fucking huge. 